The Chef Naz Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Nats Podcast, the podcast of Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ, and we're expecting great things. My name is Joe. I'm the host of this podcast, and today I am joined by Pastor Rob Paul, the lead pastor here at Shepherd. We're going to be talking about his latest sermon and kind of diving in a little bit further than what we were able to do on Sundays. We're still in the book of Ephesians, and so you're welcome to stick around and be a part of that. And let's dive in. Pastor Rob, what's up, man? Well, hello, Joey. How are you? I'm all right. Great I'm to be right. here. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful day. Sun is shining. It's awesome. Yep. At least now. Hopefully it is when you listen to it, too. Well, you never know. Yeah. It could it's, be even yeah. dark out, and then right. the sun wouldn't be shining. But anyway, yeah, so I'm excited about this message. Um, we're still in the book of Ephesians. Got another couple of messages, and we'll be wrapping that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the last message that we you heard, not not this one that I just preached on Sunday, was about being filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that whole passage of Scripture, Paul talks about keys to a Spirit-guided relationship, like something that we could all do that would help us to have uh, healthy relationships. Um, and he says that to us in verse 21. Mm-hmm. And really, when he talks to us in verse 21 and gives us a command that you're going to read in just a minute— then the rest of that chapter is examples of what it means yeah. to do what he says. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, go ahead and want, yeah. you go ahead and read that passage I think of scripture. One, one thing to note when reading the Bible is um, oftentimes we compartmentalize different portions of it. And we could talk about this in a, in a Bible study podcast sometime, but um, it's easy to not recognize that this is, this is all just a, a letter that was written. Yeah. So if you have a Bible and you see there's a heading Paul did not put that heading in that in there. Right. Um, somebody later decided that this paragraph was this, and so what we're going to read is something that happens outside of these out of these next thoughts. But really, it's the beginning of that. Right. And so it's without yep. without the context of all of that, this like random verse doesn't make sense. But this verse really kind of structures the rest of yeah. the letter. So this is what it says is uh, Ephesians 5, 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Right. And so so the rest of this passage of scripture, the rest of this chapter is Paul walking that out mm-hmm. and what that means. And he does it in several ways. He, com- he says, uh, talking about how uh, submission should work in a marriage between a husband and a wife. Yep. Then he talks about submission between children and their parents, and even goes into chapter six a little bit, and then even talks about slaves and masters. And when I say slaves, I'm talking in the biblical sense, yep. um, it, because that was a big part of life then. And it was it was how in your relationships, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, brought healthy relationships. And so, so this morning or today, I want to just talk about this part, this this idea of submission and what that in uh, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that we're typically used to talking about because in our culture, submission is not um, it's seen as weakness. It's seen as it, it's not understood. So let's right. talk about it. What when the Bible says that we should submit to one another? What does what does it mean? Yeah. Uh, so the word submit is a military term that Paul chose to use in the Greek language, and it just it simply means to be willing to submit to orders or wishes of another person. So it's like literally like if somebody else wants something from you or you want to do something, then it's being willing to submit to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not uh, in a in a just a generic context of whatever anybody wants I should do. It's based in a loving relationship where both people love each other and care about each other and want what's best for each other. When someone wants something, I would willingly submit. They want something they would or I want th- vice versa. Like we sure. both do that kind of thing, right? 
Um, but what's interesting to me is that the, the, this idea of submission is also tied to the concept of authority. And I'd really like to explore that a little bit because that's something we're not good at in our culture. Yeah. So let's talk about the spiritual authority. Um, what what is the first thing that you and that you would want to communicate when it comes to spiritual authority? Well, when it when it comes to spiritual authority, the idea is that um, we sometimes think people who have authority are more important than people who don't have mm-hmm. authority, and that's not scriptural. That is not connected to scripture at all. In fact. Um, in Scripture, it's very clear that there's no distinction made in matters of worth or value uh, or spiritual privilege between people or classes of people. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible and God looks at everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a passage of Scripture, Paul says in Galatians 3.28, he says, in Christ's family, there can be no divisions, no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female, among us, we're all equal. Um, that is, we're all in a common relationship with Jesus. And so when Paul starts with the idea of spiritual authority, he's starting with the idea that we're all equal. Like if you have authority, it's not because you're more important than somebody else or vice versa. It's it's we're all equal. Mm-hmm. Every believer has the exact same salvation. We all have the same Holy Spirit living in us. We all have the same standing by in uh, before God. We are loved the same. We have the same identity. All of those things, all the resources that are available to anybody is available to all of us. Um, so we're all equal in terms of worth and value um, and spiritual privilege, and mm-hmm. that's really important. However, in Scripture, there are distinctions that are made, not in worth, but in roles and functions. So people have different jobs or responsibilities that are that are given to them, Right. And when God gives a role or a function to someone or a responsibility to someone, often he provides a level of authority for them to accomplish Mm -hmm. that role or that authority. Yeah. So what would you describe as a spiritual authority? Well, uh, so so that's a really great question. And I think as we walk through that, I hope that this can be helpful to us because uh, I think it's not something that we're good at understanding. Um, but authority, li- literally, when God gives authority, it's a measure of spiritual dominion. Okay. Um, in other words, it's uh, when God gives us authority, He gives us an ability to be dominant in a certain area, to have uh, the ability to rule over something or to guard over something. And that's really important that the the role or the func- the purpose of, of authority is to rule over something, kind of like you know how a king would rule and bring mm-hmm. order and division and laws and those kinds of things, not lording it over people, not telling people what to do to serve him and make his life easier, yeah. but to set boundaries and then to guard over them. And, and I say this a lot, that when you look at Scripture, every every command in Scripture, there's a, there's one of two motivations that come from the heart of God. Every command he gives us is to protect us from something or to provide us with something, every one of them. like mm-hmm. you, you think of any command that God gives us, and it is to protect us from something or to provide us with something. And so it's not that God is trying to be a, like this mean person. He's just like, I, I want to protect you from something, or I want you to experience something that's good. Yeah. And so when he calls people in his kingdom or in the body to, to a specific role or function— then he gives them that that authority to rule over, to guard over. A good example of that is in Genesis chapter 1. Um, God created everything, right? The world and everything created Adam and Eve. And then the animals, and then in verse 26 of chapter 1, 
God says, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them, the man, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. In other words, it, it let, let's make it the responsibility of man mm-hmm. to rule over those things and to guard over them and to protect them. Um, and so he gave them the authority. He gave them the measure of dominion to be able to make to, to provide boundaries and to protect and to rule over and to make things good among among mm-hmm. the everything that existed. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was <clears throat> in this this morning when we were um, having staff prayer. I was reading through um, at the, in the Old Testament. Israel is complaining and grumbling to God that they don't have a king because they just want a king, somebody to be like everybody else. And God's warning to them was that that king is going to come with rights and if he's like other kings he's going to take advantage Mm -hmm. and it's one of the reasons why god didn't want to set that up for them but if we're saying that that's sometimes our human perspective of authority or dominion over people or the rule then what is it what are some of the examples if it's not if spiritual authority and dominion isn't this like Boss people and the the boss gets what he wants, and everybody else is made to starve. You think of maybe like older um, in folklore and English history of you had you know you had peasants and you you know you had people mm-hmm. who didn't have anything, and the the king sitting on a rich throne. Yeah. If it's not that, then what are some examples of of a healthy relationship? When it comes to authority, yeah. So in Romans, Paul talks a lot about that, um, which Paul wrote, of course, the Ephesians, but he wrote the letter to the Romans in in chapter thirteen of verse one. He's talking about authority, like that. A lot of that chapter is about authority, and the first thing that God says, or that Paul says, is that all the authorities that exist have been established by God. Like you, like we'll talk later. You can't have authority unless you're under authority, and you can't have it unless it's given to you. And so mm-hmm. what Paul is saying is that. If there's an authority that exists that's a legitimate authority, it's been established by God. And you can think of examples of that. One of them is government, and Paul uses that. But the government has been established to rule over the people, to provide them guidelines to live so mm-hmm. they can live in safety and harmony, and to guard over them, to protect them. Yep. Um, God has given um, authority to the church. Um, and in the church, there are people with levels of authority. And you think about a pastor's responsibility and you compare it to a shepherd and sheep, right? A, pe- a shepherd is responsible to rule over the sheep, to protect the sh- to protect them, and to to guard them. That's yeah. the the responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then in this in this particular passage of scripture in Ephesians, Paul uses three other examples, which is husbands and wives. And he says husbands are to have authority in the home and rule over and guard over the home. Uh, parents are to have authority over their children. And then he, again, uses the masters and slaves thing. But, but these are good examples of authority that when, they're, when they operate in a, in a healthy way and manner, it brings life to the people and to the people who are in the relationships mm-hmm. and to the people who are under the authority of that person. This past Wednesday was the first Alpha, and you can still get involved in this group. Alpha will be led by Pastor Joey on Wednesdays at 630. This group is designed to spark conversation about the big questions around life and faith. Alpha is for everyone with new people welcome each week. And they kick off with snacks. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And on Sunday, we will honor the families of those who have lost a loved one this year. 
This year we have 18 new pavers going in the prayer garden in their memory. That will be between services at 10.30. So um, you, you said that authority has to be given. So yeah. I can't just stand and be like, you know what? I want to be in charge. Yeah. So how how do we how do we assume authority? How do we get that sort of authority? Yeah. Well, that's a great question because I think all history is just riddled with people who decided they wanted to be in charge and, yeah. and made that they appointed themselves uh-huh. as, as a as an authority or whatever or as, as a as a power. And in terms of spiritual authority, and I'm not, I'm talking spiritual authority, not just authority in general, but spiritual authority. Mm-hmm. Spiritual authority is never assumed. Like you, like you can't just say, "I want to have spiritual authority." Yeah. Um, you have been given a, a measure of spiritual authority over the spiritual realm, but but not necessarily over other things. And so, spiritual authority is never assumed, but it's always delegated from mm-hmm. someone who has authority. And when you are delegated authority, you're really not even operating on your authority. It's the authority of the one who gave it to you. Mm-hmm. And a great example of that is um, that God, right? So God is. God is the ultimate authority. He is at the top of the, the chain of command. And, and we see that Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God, he was there, yeah. and he created everything so that all the order that exists comes from him. And then Paul talks about in Colossians 1, 16, he says, by, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. So when you create it, you are the authority of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so God... It says even that he created all the rulers and authorities. So, so there's God as the at the top of the authority uh, chain of command, but we also see that God delegated authority to Jesus. And so, in Matthew 28, when after Jesus had been crucified and, and risen, uh, and he was about to ascend back to heaven, he gave the a, the command to all of us, the Great Commission. We mm-hmm. call that the Great Commission, right? But I don't know if you ever read that whole thing. But here's what it says: that Jesus came to them and said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus had authority because it was given to him by the Father. So Jesus didn't just assume authority. In fact, all through Scripture, when he was here in the Gospels, you see, I only do what my Father tells me to do. He was working under the authority of of his Father. And so authority, God has it. He delegated it to Jesus. But here's a really cool thing. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, Jesus delegated authority to all of his followers. Mm -hmm. And so he says... uh, Jesus says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and to walk among serpents and scorpions and to crush them. Nothing shall injure you. Uh, however, the important thing is not that demons obey you, but that your names are registered as citizens of heaven. So so Jesus was delegating the authority that the Father had given to him to all the believers mm-hmm. over the spiritual realm. And, and the problem is that as believers, we don't know that we have that spiritual authority. We never operate in that as spiritual authority. But the truth is that because Jesus delegated the authority from the Father that the Father gave to him and he gave to us, we have authority over the spiritual realm. And we, through the name of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus, can 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 we have we have a level of dominion yeah, over the spiritual over. realm. Mm-hmm. But what happens is we we don't we don't take that, right? Yeah. So so we have a level of spiritual authority over the spiritual realm, but we don't use it. But we only have it because it was delegated. Sure. Like you can't just take it. So a person who doesn't know Jesus doesn't have that because Jesus said I, he gave it to his followers. Yeah. And so, so that's an example of how you don't just get it. It's given to you. So you have God who mm-hmm. gives it to Jesus, Jesus who gives it to his followers or whatever. But then there are specific roles and functions throughout the scripture where, where Jesus says, I'm giving you authority to do this or authority to do that, mm-hmm. and in the home is one of those. But here's the other really th- important thing that I think is important. 
that if anyone has ever delegated authority, they're, they're always accountable to the person who gave, who it, gave to it to them. Yeah. Like you, you never get authority without the accountability. If you have authority without accountability, it's, it's rogue. It's not, it's not biblical. It's no longer mm-hmm. biblical. Mm-hmm. And so anybody who has authority only has authority because it's been given to them by someone who's over them and, and they're accountable to that person. If they choose to not be accountable, that's when danger comes in, pride comes in, and you have all kinds of other struggles yeah. as well. Um, so it's real important to know that we, we have that a- accountability, that we're always accountable to someone. Yeah. So if we were talking about <clears throat> authority that we are called to submit to, are there ever examples of times where you would say, or that scripturally we could base, because this isn't about you or me, um, in our opinions. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the scripture would say you don't have to submit to an authority. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Glad you asked it. Um, so so the Bible teaches that, us that when we're under authority, that submission to authority is absolute, that w- it's it's commanded of us to be under the authority of those that are over us. Yeah. But um, obedience also requires alignment with Scripture. So in other words, if someone who's in authority over me mm-hmm. tells me to do something that Scripture is, is in opposition to Scripture or doesn't line up with that, then I have the freedom and probably the, the, the responsibility yeah, to yeah. not do that because then I would be, then the authority would be causing me to sin and, mm-hmm. I, and I should know the difference, right? And there's some really great examples of that in Scripture um, all through the Old Testament and New Testament as well. But one I can think of right off the top of my head is, is Moses' parents. Um, so, so Moses, you know, was born and um, the, the rule was that they were supposed to kill all of the Hebrew children that were born, and, and his mother knew that. And so when he was born, she didn't turn him in. She took him and hid him. Yep. And then he, and so she was, she was right because it's not right to kill, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so she, was, she was right in defying the authority there because their authority was doing, telling her to do things that were right. not scriptural. And if, and if your authority, you are accountable— so the, they were accountable to God for the authority that had been given to them, and they're going against what He would want. Right. So, so they would have a res- yeah right. they would have the responsibility to pay that. Yeah. But that story goes on. So the midwives were all also they opposed authority because uh, in this story, Moses was trying or uh, Pharaoh was trying to get rid of all of the um, babies, and, and they said to kill them all. And the midwives they said the midwives when a when a, a male child is born to kill it. Well, they didn't do that because they're like, we don't, we don't want to kill babies, mm-hmm. and so they they went up against that. Now they were going against the government and may face the consequences there, yeah. but they wouldn't face the consequences of of, of uh, disobeying scripture. Um, another one is uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you remember the story, uh, they were supposed to, they were commanded to at one point. Uh, bow down and worship, worship a, a different statue. god, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, we're, we're not going to do that because the Bible says there's only one God and we should only worship him. And to obey the government, who was saying at that time to worship the statue would have mm-hmm. been in opposition to to the word of God. Daniel is the same thing. The, you know, They said, you know, no one can pray to any other god, uh, but Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day. And so when they said, Daniel, stop praying or pray to this other god— he said, "No, I'm not going to do that." So, so there are times when it's appropriate to to disobey authority in your life, but only when it's asking you to do something that's not in alignment with with the Word of God. Yeah. 
Um, and so, so those those are I think mm-hmm. some really important principles to to know and understand when it comes to mm-hmm. authority. Because when we start talking about what Paul says in Ephesians five twenty one, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then he starts using the example of marriage and parenting and and other relationships. Yeah. If we don't have that as a background, we just think you know God's you know Paul's just being an idiot telling me to submit to my husband or to my boss or to my parents or whatever, and he has no concept of why or what. Well, Paul's literally working within the framework and structure. Of spiritual authority that that began in Genesis chapter one, yeah. uh, and continues to work its out, itself out. Yeah, and, and we talk. I I deal with this a lot in working with teenagers, and what we'll talk about parents and children in the next episode. But the I would have teenagers and say, well, you know, what if my parents aren't, you know, they're asking me to do this stuff, and I don't think it's right. Well, I mean, it might not be fun, and it, yeah. but it's what they're calling you to is not directly against what God would have for you. It might not, you in your infinite wisdom as a teenager may not think it's the best thing. Infinite wisdom. Um, But, you know, there are times where, where there are people in your life who have authority over you are going to ask you to do something that might be um, contrary to scripture. And you have to be able to, you have to be able to recognize that and understand that you may suffer consequences here even though you might yeah. not in eternity, you know, right. Daniel was thrown into a, a lion's den. Yeah. Yeah. Shadrach, Shadrach Meshach, right. Mego were thrown into a fiery furnace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there were, there were real consequences, but they understood that there was one authority that was higher. Yeah. And they were still in alignment with yeah. the, the authority, which is, which is the word ultimately God and the, and, and that authority comes to us through the word of God. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, that's um, we're going to wrap it up for our episode today. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep going in this tomorrow, so we want you to, to check back in. And and I know you, what you might be thinking. Um, this is a content a con- part of scripture that sometimes will get twisted and pulled out of context. So we want you to, to come back tomorrow uh, and listen. We'll be talking about what it looks like. These three examples that Paul gives of how we can submit to one another. Um, if you have any questions, you want to get a hold of us, you can do that at podcast.shepnats.org. You can find all sorts of stuff about what's happening here at Shepherd through our website. For Pastor Rob, I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.